welcome back to the Evolutions Pod Club. I am your host, Jackie Seiden. It is so good to be back after a little hiatus. So I'm very excited for today's topic and guest. Our topic today is boundaries. And I actually received this at four in the morning from my guide. So I'm going to share with you what we got about boundaries, and then we are going to jump in. I'm very excited. So boundaries. I would like to start by saying that the term boundaries and the way we've been using it is actually based on a false premise that you need to control your conditions to feel better, to protect yourself from negative emotions. But we know now that that's not how the system works. As the creator of your reality, you created the very relationship that is causing you the negative emotions. And that's what you intended because the negative emotions are there to reveal your limiting beliefs. So now understanding that, how do you proceed in love to create the relationship you desire? Well, today we're going to redefine boundaries as a way of refining your preferences in order to give more focus and energy toward that which you want and less toward that which you don't want. Because at the end of the day, as with everything, it's a matter of how you feel. That is your point of attraction in any moment. So that's what you always want to be aware of. And this is how we integrate the idea of a boundary into our new mental construct. And joining me today to help unpack what that means exactly and how we can apply it practically in our everyday lives is my dear, dear, dear friend, creator of Wellborn Lifestyles by Rebecca and host of the Born to Live Well podcast. She is a life coach, an energy healer, a meditation guide, a yoga guru, and a doula to the stars. And when I say doula, I mean, she is a resource for all things, prenatal, pregnancy, and postnatal. When I find out someone is pregnant and feeling alone, I send them Rebecca's contact immediately and let them know that the days of isolation are over. Rebecca has created an entire community based in love, support, and connection. And even when the world went dark, this woman kept her lights on. And she was a guiding light for so many during such an insane time. And she was for me. I was pregnant when the world shut down. I was alone. My husband was out of town and I had a toddler. And I saw Rebecca twice a week through my screen and other women who were going through the same thing. And I have continued to see her two times a week consistently for years now. I love her beyond words and am eternally grateful for all she has done in service of others, myself included. So without further ado, Rebecca Beninati. Thank you, Jackie. Wow. I think I need a moment. That was <laughs> Ooh, a little intense. Thank you. My goodness. Um, it's so nice to sit with you. First of all, I'm so happy to have any amount of time with you. So this is exciting. <laughs> if this is how we can get more one-on-one -on -one time, I will do this as many times as you want. I love you. It's so hard to introduce someone like you who is so important in so many lives and does so much more than any titles suggest. And so it is overwhelming. It's, it's incredible. I'm so grateful. And I know every life you've touched is so grateful. And I'm excited for my listeners to meet you and 
get a a taste of you <laughs> in, a, in a sense just because you're the best thank you thank you it's funny just immediately thinking right in this moment about boundaries and why me and why you chose me and hearing that introduction i'm thinking just to myself that my jobs are so intermittent and all kind of mingled together, mixed together, kind of messy together, but makes sense to me. And it, to somebody else, it would seem like I don't have very good boundaries because I do so many different things. Um, but it's really interesting to, to even have that enter my mind right now and enter this conversation with you about boundaries. I'm excited to talk about this today for sure. Yes. And I know it's something that you've been talking about in groups that you have been leading. And also, I do think that that, of course, there's no such thing as a coincidence, right? Think I know it's no accident that it is you that we're talking about boundaries, because I sort of marvel at how many people are in your life. And you're, you're that person for so many people where it's call me anytime, day or night when you need me. So then how do you find that space? And that's why we're going to talk about what boundaries really mean. And you have, we've started this conversation already, full disclosure. So there are some certain things you said to me last time we spoke that I'm excited for you to talk on. Um, but what, what they really do mean to you, uh, there was the big word intention with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think boundary ultimately has to be an intention. That's ultimately what is the driving energy behind setting a boundary. It's not just uh, drawing a firm line, a, a strict line between two things or two people or two circumstances. It is what's the intention? What do I want to feel in this situation? What do I want to feel with this person that can be healthy, that can be clean, that can be energetically organized so that everybody thrives. Oh my gosh. See, you just, you, I got the chills when you said that, because at the end of the day, that's the thing we always have to come back to, which is it's all about how you feel in the moment. That is your point of attraction in an attractive universe. You're always creating more of what you are feeling in that moment. So I love when you say that this is part of that redefining. It's not about control in terms of controlling your conditions. You can't control anyone. Right. So it doesn't matter if you say you can't do this, can't do that. People are going to do what they're going to do. That's you right. can only be in charge of yourself and how you feel. So I love when you say an intention about how you want to feel with this person. Yes, absolutely. Otherwise, it does come across as control and manipulation and rigidity and frigidity and uh, um, demands more like demands than a, a healthy boundary or a healthy. Um, definition of how to have a healthy exchange with each other. Yeah. And that's true because, and that's why we started by saying that it's based on a false premise because you can put up those walls, but like I was just saying, you can't control anyone and you can make demands, but you can't make people meet the demands. So no. all you're doing is trying to control your conditions. You're adding more fear to the conditions and more tension in these relationships. Yes. I mean, listen, we have all kinds of boundaries, right? We have boundaries with work relationships, you have boundaries with a mother, <laughs> my mom always listens to every podcast. So mom, <laughs> moms, okay, this is not, yeah. I'm not we're good. <laughs> but there's boundaries in families, boundaries in friendships. And you, you have to be accountable for yourself and not say, well, if you do this or you do that, or you don't do this, you do that. Then I, it's all, 
it's all uh, transactional. Transactional is not going to work. No. And also that makes me think when you describe it like that, it makes me think of um, ultimatums, right? Like if you don't do this, then this will happen. Or if you do that, I'm going to do this back or it's going to mean this consequence. And that's not, in my opinion, what a boundary is. And, you know, even knowing that I was going to talk further about this with you today, I've been, of course, letting it bounce around in my mind this morning, just thinking that boundaries is kind of almost an, an antiquated uh, term to use in relationships, you know, um, I, I don't even, you know, it is yes, healthy boundaries for sure. But if we take intention and we take, um, uh, just good communication and values. And we look at those things. Um, are you asking for what you want clearly? Are you um, saying what you mean and meaning what you say? Those are all things that kind of could go under the category of setting a boundary. But ultimately, all of those things are just trying to define what a healthy relationship is and have, again, healthy exchanges and um, and communication. Yes. It's all about your preferences. And I, I agree. The term boundaries, we're going to use it because people are using it. So it's helpful to talk about, especially in the spirit work, because it's, again, how do you integrate the old mental construct of what it means to have boundaries with the new mental construct of what you're saying, which is it's about the relationship communication. So examples, right? Okay. Here's an example of my life. So I was on the app Marco Polo. It's an app where you send video messages to each other and it actually started with our um, mom group because we were all pregnant and nobody knew what the fuck was happening. And you could leave a message at 2 a.m. being like, what is going on with my boobs? And I don't understand this rash. <laughs> like, so it was just like a sort of miracle. And then it became just an open portal for the sort of anyone in your life to sort of drop you messages. And it was a beautiful way to connect with people. Some of my dearest friends, one of my closest friends who comes on this podcast all the time, it breaks my heart because that was the way we definitely talked and communicated, got to see each other's face when she's not living um, in the same city as me. But what I was realizing was I was not present in the moment with my children. I'm sitting with my children and I'm just on my phone, listening to messages, sometimes just messages about what someone had for breakfast, you know, what they're like, and I'm going where am I right now? And then telling my children, give me a second. And for me, I, I, again, woke up, of course, at four in the morning, because that's when our guys get our attention, let us know some things. And they said, get off Marco Polo. And I had stayed on because I felt beholden to those relationships. But then I realized it's about me and how I feel. And that was not feeling good. I was feeling not present. And I did take it off my phone, which is a way of disconnecting. And we often talk about disconnection as fear and connection as love, but that's disconnecting one portal. And then the connection is with my children and my husband in my home. So how did you set the boundary with your friend groups that use that primarily to, to communicate? And I, it's funny that you brought that up because I can picture that time in your life because I remember when Marco Polo started and all of you were using that. And I believe the husbands had a separate group they and very like long and mixed up with like telling too many details and how long the Marco Polo do you leave? And it's, it can be very sort of out of hand and long-winded for some people and um and definitely to suck up your time did you so you not, are not using it at all anymore not at all. I'm, i can be a also a portal just for a dumping ground 
that just energetically was feeling, um, I just needed to close that portal, but because sure. there's no boundaries because there there's no boundaries. boundaries. Right. And no I, guidelines. And yeah. I wasn't able to respect my own, like you said, how do I want to feel my intention? I was in the people pleasing mode, want to make sure I got to every message. I responded in kind. And then I'm not, I actually, there's no boundaries there. Right. In the way we're talking about it. I texted everyone that I had a relationship with on. I said, I had to go off, call me anytime. Let's bring this, let's get this, our communication going. When you have something you want to tell me, call me, text me. And, you know, isn't that interesting that all these fantastic new ways to communicate through our phones have made communicating boundaries, guidelines, um, intentions so fuzzy because, you know, writing an email, you know, you, you stop and think about it and, and write it properly. Hopefully I don't, I suck at emails, by the way. I don't, I really do not. I'm not into emails at all anymore. Um, and then there's the texting, of course. And then there's now the new voice recording text messages that you can do. You can voice record so that you can not have to type, but now you can push a button and just leave the same Marco Polo type, type long message. And it's like all these means of trying to communicate and keep communication going, which we talk so much about having good communication, but now we're so in communication that it's actually more spotty and has no boundaries or rules or guidelines. And so it's kind of just a vomit mess of, what who's saying what and where was that message and where did I receive it and there's no boundaries and then and then in person it's almost now a little more uncomfortable to have a face-to-face -face conversation with eye contact and pausing and having an intention like hey Jackie I want to have lunch with you I want to connect with you about boundaries or hey Jackie I really haven't seen you um, I just want to find out how parenting is going you know, that, that's so hard now and not happening where we were almost there. And then the uh, internet and, and all the means that we have has kind of made it a mess again. Yeah. And every one of those voice memos, they're audio diary entries. So when I say to you, I want to have lunch and talk about this, there's an intention. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm reaching out to you for a reason. There's an exchange here, but we've gone into this mode of just sort of leaving all of our thoughts for our friends throughout all the day. Yes. And so it's all about how you feel, right? So coming back to that, when I get those messages, they usually make me anxious if they're over a certain amount of time. And if I'm feeling anxious, I know I can't respond in that moment because I'm not in alignment and whatever I say is going to be from that place that I don't want to create from, right? So that's a boundary for myself. You could call, right? Yes. It's like, so becoming aware when you get a long text or you get those long messages to, and I know you do this because you're so, so incredibly beautifully aware, but taking that moment, that breath. And if that means you put your phone down and do something else, we don't have to respond immediately. And especially if you're feeling anxious, the conversation is not going to go where you want it to go in a sense where you're just not going to be adding love to the conversation. That's right. That's right. Just, you know, I, I said this in the very beginning of this um, session with you um, about organizing our energy, you know, um, because it's such a, you look at your phone and there's all these things to do and it pools your energy and you can't really do one thing in, in an efficient or um, an intentional mindful manner. You're just kind of responding here and responding there. And um, 
Yeah, it's 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 messy. I'm also thinking, Jackie, how funny that uh, I believe it was last year or maybe even two years ago. I remember desperately wanting time with you uh, because I wanted your support and your clarity and your guidance on a specific situation. And it was so fantastic to have such a clear a intention for what I needed from you because I did to be honest, I needed something from you. I wanted something from you and I needed something from you. And my intention was to try to get that. And also my intention was to honor and respect that you are busy. You're a wife, you're a mom, you have a huge community. You're doing this podcast. So I was like, if I, if I want her and I need her, I have to make sure she knows on the other end of that that my intention is I respect your time, but I really need a clear hit from you about something. And we were able to say, okay, I've got five minutes. And we literally did maybe even under five minutes because we were super efficient with the intention. And you knew that I could honor that boundary of yours. And I knew that you could honor my boundary and knew that I had your back in setting the boundary. So it was that I'm, I'm thinking about that because that really kind of is the pulsation of you and I probably needing to talk about this in this format because we have that exchange with each other. I recall that. I love it. It felt so incredibly divine. I appreciate the clarity with which you had that intention. You said, this is what I need. For me, that's almost like, a spirit massage where I go, thank you. Yes. I got you. Let's go. Yeah. Where we spend so much of our life sort of guessing, we're sort of projecting what people may be thinking or needing or wanting in almost every single phrase of every single conversation. So there's something so, such a relief for you to say, I need you right now. And I always feel that mindfulness of, of what I'm going through. I never feel quote pressure, right? Like I know that you honor all, you know, so much, you really know, right? <laughs> so I appreciate that. Maybe that's another thing too. There's something about having that intention, but being clear with people about that intention. So that's so helpful too, in terms of if someone's listening and thinking about, well, how do I apply this to those serious relationships? Just having that clarity. Yeah. I mean, in a relationship, it is just constantly listening and having intention, right? You just have to kind of observe and know who your person is, who you, whoever you're engaged with, whether it's even your your children, your ever-changing children with their ever-changing needs. You kind of have a handle on who each of your children are and what their needs are and what approach you have to take with each of them being individuals, not clumping them together as one person. And same thing with your partners, you know, uh, and you mentioned your mother, I have the same kind of clear boundary with my mom and my sister now, after having um, done a lot of work, but just really being clear and honoring so that, you know, and, and so we dial it back a minute and think like, why do we even have to set a boundary? Why, like, why are boundaries even important? They're not just for the very big, important and um, uh, uh, traumatic things like, you know, going very deep and traumatic, but they're not just for people who are being abusive, like, no, you can't do that. Or no, I won't tolerate that. It's, it's not just those kinds of boundaries, but it's the kind of, um, uh, lines, soft lines in the sand that can be 
moved around a little bit um, that keep relationships just clean and clear, like I said earlier. So you're just constantly evaluating, like, who is this person that I'm exchanging with right now? What are the boundaries? What do they need? What do I, what do I know they need? What do I think they need? And do they know that I have their back in that way? So it's like this constant just awareness. And um, one thing that came up last week with you was that you actually brought this up um, before class last week and said um, something about changing a boundary that you realized that you were having some hard boundaries about things and you realize, wait, that I don't, I don't need to have such hard boundaries around those things and maybe tighten them up someplace else, but are they boundaries and why do we have to have them? We have to have them because they help us keep everything energetically organized for one. And so that we don't feel depleted. I think, you know, having clear signals with people that you are in relationship with, make sure that you are not depleted, that neither one of you is doing all the giving, all the planning, neither one of you is just sitting back receiving and going wherever you're told to go. But there is an exchange of what's important to you and what's important to me. And how are we going to honor both of those things? And this is never, never easy and it's never fun, but it can actually be softer. Um, the word that keeps coming to me since I knew we were going to have this podcast exchange today was softening, right? Mm-hmm. Like softening our boundaries and not seeing them as something you have to do so rigidly and hardcore in defense of your whole existence and your whole self that no one can get the fuck into your soul and spend time with you without feeling tension that you have such a tight boundary that you're not actually that fun to be around because that is just your fear that is just your fear and you trying to control the conditions to make yourself feel better and it does not work that way what you do when you do that is create more of that which you don't want more of that which you don't prefer more attention more people asking for you and you more of you saying no and I'm so glad you brought that up because this all started the confusion for me started and it's getting clear, beautifully clear now. And of course, everything is a journey. You kind of have to go step by step by step, right? To get to the places. But when I started channeling, I started to understand that our soul's purpose is to express love, that we are love beings. We are constantly on the journey eternally of finding out what it means to be you. Who am I? And in that learning we are love. And what does it mean to be love? And what is love? And our most natural state is expressing love. And so I think what ended up happening was I took that into my practical life. And this is what I was talking about with integration, integrating this understanding of who we truly are versus who we think we are or who we've always thought we are, integrating our human selves with our spirit selves. I thought, okay, basically being a blended being, And I was thinking, okay, I'm always going to say yes. I am a yes. If someone calls me, I pick up. I know the timing is divine. If someone needs me as a question, I'm here. I'm always going to be here. And then what happened? I completely crashed because we are human in this 3D experience. We're meant to be human in this 3D experience. And that's okay. And I wasn't showing myself love. I wasn't putting how I feel at the forefront in those moments. And if that means I don't pick up the phone in that moment, or I have to go off Marco Polo, then that's, that's okay. 
me checking in with how did I feel when I made that decision? I felt good. I felt calm. I felt in alignment. So it's how it always comes back to how do you feel? How are you feeling? Where is this boundary coming from? Is it coming from anxiety? Is it coming from fear? Is it coming from stress, aggravation, annoyance, or is it coming from alignment? Yeah. Oh, that's so clear. <laughs> that's just so clear. Um, yeah. Where is it coming from is really goes back to the intention and, and how are you going to integrate? Um, I, my, my brain is flooded right now with so many different um, thoughts about integrating boundaries and intention. And um, I'm thinking Jackie, that um, this goes also into play with um sexual intimacy as well it goes with parenting it goes into every single thing that uh we do as humans and and we are here to be love we it is all about love and loving ourselves first and foremost means that the boundary around ourselves or the 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 um the energetic organized energy field around us has to start with love yeah. and feeling depleted by all of these things that take from us. And, um, you know, there's always, you mentioned the word fear a while ago and really, you know, uh, when we put a boundary up, sometimes we do it in fear of being taken advantage of. Um, and so when, can we express that? Can we express to somebody's, you know, I feel a little afraid that this is going to happen. And so I'm wondering if you can, you know, check in with me more throughout the day, or I'm wondering if you can confirm our dinner reservation um, instead of, you know, flaking on me every time or whatever it is, but just kind of always looking at different ways that you're doing this idea of a boundary, if that's the word of the day, uh, how you're doing it in love for yourself and for the love of having harmony and in, in exchanges with other humans that are ultimately trying to figure out how to be love and do love um, themselves. You just inspired a, another idea that the truth is everything is vibrational. Every relationship, every item, we are all vibrating at different frequencies. And when you do soften and you are coming from love, then the people around you will appear to you differently. They have to, because your vibration is different. So your vibrational interaction is different. So in other words, if you shift your vibration then everything shifts with you now, you may then not become a match for someone in your life. And that relationship may go away mm -hmm. and that's okay. Because, oh, yes. because as you do shift and evolve, you're not a match for all the people. Oh you my goodness. It, it, I, I, yes, this is so, so true. So, so true. I was just talking with my daughter about this the other day about how sometimes, um, you know, as we all grow and things change that you, um, might have a different kind of relationship with somebody uh, that doesn't mean it has to necessarily have clear definitions, but you can still be in relationship with more of just a um, honoring of what once was yeah. and 
allow for things to shift and change and you don't have to define it. You don't have to draw, a, you don't have to give it a name, a title. You don't have to say we once were, you can just continue this, this, um, human experience of growing and changing and, and sometimes being close and sometimes not. I, and I, I love saying, I've said this on the podcast a million times, you know, in the idea of we're all one, I, I liken it to we're part of a theater troupe, our souls, and we come to each life and we play different roles in each play mm -hmm. and that we're all equally connected. So the cashier is just as close with you as your daughter, just in this version of your life. It seems like you have more of a connection with your daughter, let's say, than the cashier, but that we're all connected. So you can never lose anyone or anything. So even if you do separate from someone in this lifetime where you're no longer, let's say, have the same sort of relationship, it's okay. You can never lose anyone. And there is a beauty in honoring where you were and how that helped you grow. Because at the end of the day, it's all aiding in our growth, right? All these relationships, all that tension, you learn more from the tense relationships than you do from the easy relationships because they force you to acknowledge your limiting beliefs and, you know, dig in, dive in if you're willing to, or have conversations, hard conversations and grow and expand. So there's gratitude for all of our activators. And I'm going to take a quick, um, a quick caveat that I, the term activators is one that I've used on this podcast since day one. And it was inspired by our conversation yes. on your patio about the word trigger. <laughs> so I, so I used the word activate and I just wanted to give you that little like shout out. I, you were like, come up with another word. And I said, okay. <laughs> Thank you. And you, yeah, well, I'm sure you've told your listeners why I felt that way, but it's all, I'm, I'm wondering if, if much like trigger, we add the word boundary and we yeah, decide that, you know, what we really are doing is, um, I don't know, we'll have to come up with it together. I do uh, think that the word boundary is, is should be reserved for something similar to how I feel about triggering that it should be reserved for people who have deep, deep seated trauma um, uh, oppression, uh, uh, um, all, all the things that really, uh, can trigger you at a PTSD level of your system being so shot, but to walk around saying my children are triggering me is so completely misusing a word that, that, that should not be thrown around. I just think the English language is so limiting at the end of the day, you yeah. know, because Yes. So it'd be beautiful to expand our language. So something other than boundaries, which is, I just, I think you started with intention, just yeah. going into your relationships with intention yeah. um, and softening is beautiful too. soften what you think you want, just play around with it. Also, yeah. I've noticed when, when I have friends come to me and let's say I've coached people with very difficult relationships mom, I swear to God, mom, I love, this is not about you. Like where they have, especially women, listen, my daughter's going to grow up and be like, my mom triggers me with a capital T. Okay. <laughs> so, um, when it's, when I've had people come to me specifically with relationships with a parent, um, you know, it really helps soften when you do are empathetic, put yourself in their shoes and try to imagine where their fear, where their holding their tight holding is coming from because if you can start to feel that it's sort of the antidote 
it's calming. It, it, it sort of awakens a different part of you, a different starting point, as mm. opposed to the meanness of it all, the me, the way I need, and you're, you're not respecting me, but sort of going, oh, someone's dealing with mortality. Oh, when they see this, they're, you know, when you start to see maybe what a parent is going through, mm. that, that helps sort of soften. Yeah. Yeah. With parents and also children. You know, I mean, p- parenting boundaries, boundaries with children is really necessary and um, they're guidelines and they're, they're the sort of things that you're setting in place for your children to know, uh, w- not necessarily what's expected, but what to expect. You know, we're going to the party for two hours, whatever, you know, boundaries um, with the, yeah. So, so that they know what to expect. And that's really what a boundary is, right? It's like, what do I expect you to show up to dinner mm-hmm. on time? If I said we were going to, I'm making a reservation at seven and you should expect to show up on time since I went out of my way to make the reservation at seven. I mean, that's something so simple and basic, but really, truly, how many people do we know that just like roll in whenever the fuck they want to and don't have any regard for that you might have been busting your ass to get there on time so the reservation could even be held or whatever it is. It's like these things that just deplete our energy that are are not necessary if everybody's in, like you said, empathetic um awareness of, wait, I'm going to put myself in her shoes. She just came off a doula job. She was exhausted, but she's still going to show up at seven o'clock for dinner. And you know that unless I have said, you know what, I'm way too tired and dirty and (laughs) I just can't be there. I've got to cancel, but, but in exchange, constantly in exchange, Hey, you know what? Uh, We're going to the party for two hours, but we are going to stay an extra hour after everybody else because we're going to hang with the family a little longer, like constantly in communication. I love that you said that was a simple idea and yet it blew my mind. So (laughs) as my sixth grade science teacher said, small things amaze small minds. Okay. All right. I got an A plus. (laughs) A plus. You can fuck off. Um, So (laughs) boundaries. So the expectation, this is so interesting, especially with children, because again, how do you feel? So if you say to your child, we're going to go to this party for two hours, you're not coming from a place of stress, anxiety, aggravation. That's a place of love. And when you do that, you set up that expectation for your child, and then you fulfill that expectation. They learn to trust. They learn to feel safe. They feel confident in what you're saying. Yes, of course, one out of, let's say six, seven times, it doesn't happen that way, but you're establishing a beautiful sense of trust. And well, yeah, yeah. Stop right there because if you're developing a beautiful sense of trust, and this is so, I'm so glad you, we got to this um, topic naturally because in one of my parent coaching groups, um, it's one of my in-person groups. They're j- the little ones are just a little bit over one years old. And when the class is over, I have the moms and dads practice we sing the bye-bye song. And before we sing the bye-bye song, I tell them, get your shoes together, get your things together and get ready to get up and out so that you are modeling Mm -hmm. and holding true to the boundary 
if we're using that, the boundary of time that the class is over. Now, if you leave the class and you decide to hang out in the courtyard and visit for a little while, or you walk to the cars together and you decide to go on to the park together, that's fine. But the boundary of the class time is such. And so I'm teaching them how to build that trust with their children mm -hmm. so that if their children know, hey, we're leaving in five minutes, that you are actually ready to leave in five minutes. And being at a birthday party with your children is of course hard because there's so much going on. You want to finish the conversation with your friend or whatever happens, but your children are being, you are modeling that boundary and what you want them to feel as a sense of trust. And so we want them, if we're building trust and we say we're leaving at five and you give them a 10 minute warning, five minute warning before it's five o'clock, and then you're still talking at 515, but then you're going to get mad at them when they do the same thing. It's such an, it's such a, again, that's such a small, simple, basic thing. And nobody really wants to do it. And it's really hard, but it is really not that hard. If you just go, oh shit, I've got to hold to my word. Yes. Leave at five. And, and we're that's what we're doing. That's what I said we're going to do. And I want my children to do what they said they're going to do when they become teenagers, especially this, it starts now. It starts in how you are keeping your boundaries clear and clean and, you know, staying on top of them with empathy. And remember, yeah. And so that also means like it dials back all the way to like, if you told your children you're leaving at five and you're looking at your child, so you're doing empathy, right? You're watching where they're at at, at a quarter to five, and you're seeing, wow, they are really in the middle of that arts and crafts project. I better go sit with them and remind them that we're leaving soon so that they can finish up what they're doing. And you're, and that is parenting. That's present parenting. That is conscious parenting. Because then it's just not this messy free-for-all where then you're yanking them out of the car, you know, arts and crafts because you want to leave whenever you want to leave. It just, it's so messy. Jackie, and then we're frustrated when messy. they do it. That's right. That's where yeah. That is what you're modeling. And I'm telling you, when they get not even, it doesn't even have to be teenage years. It can be tweens. It can be when they're yeah. like in fourth grade, fifth grade, little nine-year-olds right now that I um, help deliver, I'm in relationship with and, and get to observe them um, at nine years old now, seeing how they're uh, changing and how, you know, everything about parenting and boundaries that are set in the beginning it all, it comes back and shows you how, what, what the job is that you've been doing all along. I love this version of a boundary because it's such a beautiful version, right? And, and you can also, there's freedom in it too. So let's say a night ritual, it can be, we are going to brush our teeth, read two books, do three songs, and you get to choose whichever ones you want. Give, giving freedom, giving structure. And a boundary. And a boundary. And there is something, there is something I have been doing with my kids recently too, where when they tell me something, I often, as much as I can, I say, when I think of it, I believe you, even if it's, I'm hurt. I hurt my finger. I believe you. And, and it's, there's something so empowering for them <laughs> and I'm getting it back from them. So, so I say, I trust you. I hear them say to me, I trust you. Beautiful. I tell them, I believe you. They say, I believe you. And there's a, a, a building of this and it does what a, an amazing gift that you've given where you've given a very concrete way in a boundaries setting, let's say in a classroom to start that where, you know, it, or a birthday party where the expectation is set, you rise to the occasion, fulfill the expectation, and there's a trust that builds naturally. That's yeah. really remarkable. 
on the other end of that, um, you know, parenting part, I don't know if you even know this about me, but I got asked recently to um, do some intimacy coaching with a couple that I uh, doulaed for a while back. And, um, and it all came out of trusting me and knowing that I could hold space for them. And what I'm learning about doing intimacy coaching right now is that boundaries are also very much at play, right? What somebody wants and doesn't want, what somebody likes and doesn't like, but also, um, as you, we, uh, talked about last week that sometimes the boundaries have to be changed a little bit. And so are you holding so tightly to what you think you like? in order to not provide an open exchange for something different maybe you didn't like something for years but your as your body changes as you feel more safe and trusting in relationship are you going to hold to that or are you going to open up to some new ideas some new ways of receiving and giving that might just blow your mind and allow you to feel an explosive amount of newness about yourself and perspective. That's such a metaphor for life in general. Are you willing to try the unknown, take the adventure, take the leap just to see? Again, refining and refining your preferences. But if you define your preferences in a moment and are not open to trying new things, you're just keeping yourself limited. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you're limiting yourself to. And I do think it's fascinating boundaries in terms of intimacy and in, in intimate relationships because that's a, you're right that's a whole nother sort of application of this yeah so what are you finding that's right um i i mean i i'm just finding that boundaries and um intimacy and parenting and <laughs> relationship it's all beautiful exchanges when you can be present and honoring that the person you're wanting these ideals with really your children, your partners, your mother, your family, the people you're wanting these ideals with deserve respect. And if you are, if, if you're in exchange from that place, then nothing feels so hard. Nothing feels so drawn, so stiffly, so strictly. Um, I mean, I, 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 I can tell you so many examples, different kinds of examples of um, opening myself up to softening what I think I know to hear my daughter's version and perspective and um, requests and responses differently than how I might think I need them or want them. Mm. Um, I, I mean, in, in my current relationship, just the boundaries of time and time spent with each other. Um, definitely, you know, thinking about the boundaries I set in my work where um, they have to be so clear so that the people I work with feel valued and the people I work with feel uh, respected and that they can absolutely trust me is also a huge part of, of you know, honoring um, an exchange with, with somebody. Oh. What a beautiful way to bring it all together. Because at the end of the day, it starts and ends with you, with us, with who we are. And then everything else is impacted by our point of attraction in your parenting and your, I love when you said with time, with space, in relationships, with your 
lovers or your parents or your friends or your clients. Yeah. That's really beautiful. You know, we, I mentioned this, um, about our exchange, yours and my phone exchange, um, whenever that was, um, but one of the things that I find really helpful is in phone calls with people, especially your family members or your friends, best friends, et cetera, and saying right up front, like, hey, I'm just calling to catch up or, hey, I'm just calling to vent or, hey, I really just need you to listen or, hey, I really need you to bounce an idea around with me. I want your feedback. But laying it out up front in the beginning of a phone call or the beginning of, of an interaction, I think is just so, so helpful. That's one of the main ways that I have figured out for myself to keep my energy organized and to have a sustainable amount of energy for everything that I have to do that requires me to be out there for other people, which is everything I do, but how to keep it so that I have enough to go around and, and have exchanges with so many people in one, one day. Rebecca, you just dropped a golden nugget. This mm -hmm. is kind of what we were talking about before when you said we had that five minute conversation. I said it was a relief. You called, you said exactly, or we, we spoke, you said exactly what you needed. That is such good advice. And I'm going to follow it to make that phone call with intention and let the intention be known. Yeah, I do this a lot. I, I started practicing this actually a long time ago with my mom because my mom taught me to express myself very clearly. Therefore, our phone conversations between the two of us can go on very long because we're both very comfortable expressing our emotions and feelings and and uh, even you know things that are hard to talk about. We just have an easy time exchanging words with each other. And it got to the point where I felt bad because I kept having to cut my mom off yeah. because I'd be literally, Jackie, it was, and if you live in LA, you'll understand this, but it would literally be that I would have to tell my mom in the middle of some great exchange with her, mom, I'm sorry, I'm driving through the canyon, which meant I was going to drop the call and I was going to interrupt her and cut it off. And I felt so bad. So I started just by doing it because of the freaking canyons. Okay. That was my initial, like, Oh wait, this is actually working. And so I would say like, mom, just so you know, before you tell me the big thing that's going on, I'm just about to go through the Canyon. So my family that doesn't live here now knows if I'm going through the Canyon or if I drop the call, like the other day was on the PCH and my sister said, are you in the Canyon? And I'm like, no, actually I'm on PCH. I didn't know I dropped calls there, but just setting up the, the, um, uh, setting that up in advance, like mom, I'm on my way to a client. I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. So I only have about eight minutes. And I'm laughing right now. And so is my sister, because I've said that a thousand times of going on the Canyon and it's true because I called them to, and it's interesting about what you said about calling with intention is you, you will become aware if you're calling without intention, right? So suddenly I don't make calls without intentions anymore, Jackie, like ever. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't make any call without clear intention. I love that. I mean, I mean think about it. Do we, we actually don't. Well, the check-in, right? So yeah. there's so many things that my family is laughing about right now because everybody drops everyone's calls. If I call them because no one can get me on the phone. So my mom drops my sister, they drop each other's calls. If I call, they say, Jackie's on the line. And I usually call and I say, I'm checking in, which I am. But like you said, it's such an easy exchange of words. We, this just happened to me and my mom two days ago. I had five minutes. We were on the phone for the entire 45 minutes. And I pulled up to my driveway and said, I'm pulling up to my driveway. <laughs> and, but they'll, they'll, in two seconds, they're like, 
like a hot potato. They say, okay, bye. No, go, <laughs> go, 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 go. Mine too. My family as well. So th this is actually really fun to talk about right now with you really quickly is that two things. Um, I was going to say this earlier that um, because of clear boundaries, people will take my phone calls also because they know I'm not going to be a dumping shit show on the phone of everything that ever was, unless I tell you ahead of time, <laughs> usually to my best friend or my sister, like I need to fucking vent. I just need to get it out. I need to just, can you just listen to me for five minutes? Right. But other than that, people will take my phone calls because they know I'm calling with an intention. Hey, can you bring me more jars of Kiki cream or whatever? <laughs> right? yeah, I mean, it's very clear. I need to see you to brainstorm about whatever. Um, so uh, that's one thing. And the other thing though, I wanted to bring this, this is going to blow my mind as I'm saying it, but I feel safe to share this like in the moment with you. I'm thinking about what you said, that how you do it with your family and what I do with my family and how um, it's, it's on one hand really lovely that they drop everything to take our calls because they know we're not phone people or whatever, but at the same time, speaking of boundaries, even in that, is there some sneaky boundary that you and I are doing this kind of putting everybody on uh, like fast alert and fast response to us? And do we want that in return? Mm. Maybe that's just a question for myself, but I'm just it's, thinking it's like, I don't want anybody to feel like such a sense of, oh my God, Rebecca's calling. We're, I can never get her. I better freaking take the call. Like, I, I don't want that. So I'm wondering just something to well, let like, me ask you a question. Out. How do you feel if someone doesn't take the call? It depends on what I'm calling them for. If my intention, right? If I'm calling and I'm like needing to vent and I'm fuming about something, I might be really annoyed. Okay. And I, I, I might be, and I might text them and say, I really need to talk to you and <laughs> talk. I know. Yeah. Okay. Cause then, well then what's funny is I, if it does create that, I, I wouldn't say it's intentional. That right? may, that might be an unintentional result of, I know in general, if, I'm, if you're calling your mom to check in and she doesn't pick up the phone, it's okay. Or is it not okay? No, it is totally okay. Totally so that's, okay. That's not, that is not. Right that's ultimately not yours. Right. So right. you calling with intention is I think a very, a really good advice and good way to organize your energy and your exchange and communication with people. And I do think it's respectful too. Yes. Um, and so, yes, if it means that people are on high alert, then what are you going to do? And then <laughs> you're to get annoyed. your best friend, if you get annoyed with your best friend, I'm sure she's like, all right, you know? Yes. Yes. Exactly. She'll survive it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm just always, that just lets you know, the insight to my mind is that I'm always looking um, at ways that I can um, be just sort of as clean and, and healthy on my end of relationship and, and spectrum of things. I'm laughing because the only times that you're coming from the place out of alignment is when you're calling to dump. So of course, that's going to be the only time you're going to be annoyed. And that's yours because that's where you're coming from. I said to my daughter last night as she was going to bed, I said, um, in, in the vein of always trying to be mindful and you are the most mindful human I've ever met in my entire life. Facts. Um, the most blended. I said to my daughter, is there anything I can do better? 
Mm, what did she say? She she couldn't think of something. So I told her to think about it. I said, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you can tell me. I'm just curious if there's anything I can show up or do better as a mom for you that would be helpful. Um, I could start a whole other hour with you about gosh, yes. Parenting it's it's really been like a whole thing, a whole journey. Um I have a lot to say about that, not just from being a mother myself, but from my parent coaching perspective in different families that I'm working with. But I think the, being able to ask your children what you can do better is very powerful and confident and also is modeling to them that you're self-aware and that you strive to do better and that you want to know and that they're important enough to have an exchange of, hey, how's it going? I tell my couples to do this um, as parents, as new parents. I say, check in in the first year, check in and remind each other like, hey, you've only been a father for eight weeks. How's it going? Hey, you know, we've only been parenting together now for, you know, seven months. What is, how, how is it going for you? And, and then listening, right. Yeah. And finding out where everybody's at. Um, I, I've often told my sister, my, not my sister. I've also often told my daughter, you know, I have never raised a 16 year old lesbian daughter who is creative and confident. So please give me some guidelines along the way where I might be retracting and parenting from an older perspective. Cause I want to learn. I want to grow. That's it. That's it. That's the same exact thing. The language is just different because she's older. Yeah, for sure. That is, I mean, it's really, yeah, it's really powerful to check in with people and sort of model that behavior. Mm -hmm. I will say basically the short version of it is my husband was shooting at the same time that my nanny took a 10 days off to go on a beautiful vacation, which was very cool to Europe. And I knew that there was something happening because everybody was leaving and I was going to be parenting solo. And I could do a whole other podcast on what I discovered on the why. Um, there's a couple, couple of things. One of my biggest limiting beliefs that is um, sort of a wall between me and everything I want is my fear of being tired and overwhelmed. So there you go. My my guides gave me, or I gave my higher self gave me an opportunity to rise to the occasion, to not be overwhelmed, to know I could do it. But the deeper sort of more resounding impact of that time was the awareness of my parenting and me being loud and yelling and, you know, come from like a loud Jewish family and how that was impacting my very sensitive, you know, each generation is more and more sensitive, vibrating at a higher frequency and match the earth at the time they enter. And I was having an impact and I could see it. And so there has been a huge adjustment to the point where I actually have not lost control in front of my kids in weeks. And you know how hard that is. Mm -hmm. And anyway, whole other podcast, but there is a, that can come under this sort of umbrella of boundaries as well. Yes. Because there is moments where I just want to what be free and express my emotions, but there is a boundary that I put on myself. Yeah. The reset, the the deep breath, the and exiting the room, the getting quiet when they get louder, the getting softer when they get more um, aggressive, right? Mm -hmm. Huge impact. So the way that this is, it can be applied to parenting is it gets really deep. I feel like we're just going to scratch the surface here. Oh my goodness. I mean, it could be, this could be segmented actually into boundaries for parenting and boundaries for intimacy yeah. um, boundaries with your family members and then boundaries around your own body you yeah. know 
um, yeah, we're um, in the middle of a coaching program right now. And the, the energy center, just to go off on a little bit of a different tangent for a moment, the energy center that directly responds to setting boundaries and having boundaries honored um, is your second energy center, your sacral energy center. And it is um, developed in six months of life up to two years. So around when you start to become locomotive, when about around when you start to go from um, you've rolled over, you're on your belly, you can push up to all fours, you can scoot your butt back and forth, you can maybe army crawl forward, or um, I have one little baby who crawled backwards only for about four or five months, and now it was moving forward, but only would scoot backwards, right? So um, it's developed at that period of everyone's life where boundaries and creativity and sexuality are all coming into play. So if you think about it, this is also when you learn to stand up and balance and maybe, and within that, definitely by two years, um, not always, but you're walking, right? So you're going where you want to go. So you are then be being told a boundary, don't run out to the street. Right. You know, you can go to the swings and come back, right? So your, your parenting is about setting these boundaries for your little ones up to two years old and how to, and how that develops, um, in their body is, um, it helps them feel safe trusting and creative, yeah. safe to explore, safe to just go anywhere and, and, and try something different, knowing that they can, and, and any parent out there knows this, when your little one starts to take off away from you, they walk away just so many steps and then they look back, right? They run, 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 and then they stop and look back. And then one day they don't look back as long. And then one day they don't look back, but they always come back. Don't worry. They always come back, especially if you're doing really solid, mindful parenting. But um, that's just a little tidbit about boundaries and where they start in the body, where they start energetically in your um, development. Rebecca, you are such a gift. You are, like I said, this woman is the resource and for everything. You are the one. You're the one. I will have your email in the notes section, in the comments. I'll have all your information where people can find you and sign up and get up. I, I do have something. I do want to share something with you. Um, I've never told you this because I didn't want you to be in your head about it. It's this really cool thing that happens. I take yoga with Rebecca twice a week and I have for literally 400 years. I mean, I said literally. I, okay, I misused literally. Um, and there is something when you are channeling always when you're teaching and you are so dropped in, tuned in, turned on and are, we are having a whole conversation. You know, they say that as we evolve, our language will become telepathic. And I know that that's true because of you, because in this yoga class, I will drop you a message. I will drop you a line, not even consciously, but in the asking for what I need and mama, you always hear me. And mm. when you have an idea, I hear you. We are having a conversation just to give someone an example who's listening. We did something balance wise. And I thought I would love to just have a moment in class where we can do whatever pose we want to do, which is not something we do that often. At the end of class, you said, I'm going to give you five minutes. You can choose what pose you want to do. And I was like, there she is. <laughs> oh I love that sometimes, so much sometimes we'll go into something and I know exactly where we're going and I know I hear you it's just I've never told you this it's not something to even think about it's just this amazing dialogue that's happening so I love that so much <laughs> so cool.
it's just like a fun you're just you're and I guarantee you're doing that sort of with everyone because you're channeling what everyone needs so you're yeah. you're just such a gift in my life I'm so excited about this conversation thank you for spending this hour with me and with us I'm so grateful please come back I will. I would, I would come back for anything for you, anything. I'll talk about anything all the time with you, of course, with a boundary of time, but um, I would talk about anything with you. I love you so much. As always, this is Jackie Seiden sending love.